What will become of Dawn and Betty? What's gonna happen to Pete and Peggy? For Kate, it's a mystery. For Ashley, a mystery. It's time to hear Mad Women. <laughs> All right, here we are. Welcome. It is season two episode two of mad women oh and of mad men i just decided we have multiple seasons why wouldn't we you're right you know what and this makes me feel better because i can't express to you Catherine, how upsetting it was to me that our episode numbers Mm -hmm. were not the same as the show's episode numbers girl same it has been a major brain problem it's been a very large brain problem so this makes me very happy I am happy for you right now. I'm mildly panicking, looking for your <laughs> predictions from last episode. I believe in I'm you that you can find worried. them. Worried? Oh, no, you got them. They're there. They would not go away. Well, here's the thing. I was in a different state when I took them down. <gasps> oh right, you were in oh. how you say Alabama. I got it. I found it. Yay! I took this little scrap of paper. You're amazing. All the way from Helena, Alabama to Ann Arbor, Michigan, so that our listeners could get the full Mad Woman effect. <laughs> You're amazing. By the way, this is Mad Women. I'm Kate. <laughs> I've seen every episode of Mad Men a few times, which doesn't really mean a lot when you hear about Ashley. That's me. And she's... I've not seen them before. I've only seen them uh, this many times, just once. Yes, but she's seen every episode of Gilmore Girls like a dozen times, listen, and I'm very intimidated by that. Listen, I was having this conversation the other day. I've seen the entire series at least 12 uh-huh. times, but there are definitely certain episodes yeah. of Gilmore Girls yeah. that I've seen more than 30 times. Right. At least. Yeah, because you just like love it. When Dean finally kisses uh, Rory, right? Listen, yeah. I mean, not that one necessarily, but yeah. when Dean and Rory break up at the uh-huh. old school dance, mm. that's a great oh, one. Oh, that's a, the They Shoot Horses, Don't They episode? Yes. That's such a good episode. Uh, thank you. This brings us to something I don't think we've discussed on the pod, and I don't know if you and I have ever discussed it, but did you know that Alexis Bledel and Vincent Carthizer got married? As in um, Pete I don't... and oh. Rory are Wait a married minute. to each other. Pete? She married Pete? Yeah. She married Pete. Oh, my. Oh. How does... I'm I'm sorry to br- wow. break that That's... news to you. My world is spinning right now. It's like worlds <laughs> collide. I need to know everything. I... Yeah. What? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess... I thought she married I have some no old further information. Man. Wait a minute. I don't well, know that I believe you. I mean, Wait a minute. There's pictures. When we get to the later seasons Shit. of uh, Mad Men, you you're might think right. of Pete as an old ass man. <laughs> now listen, you're right. Here I am looking at photos uh-huh. right now. Okay. Man, thank okay. goodness the I'm internet right. is here to, for, so that otherwise you would just never believe oh. anything I told you. I'm looking at and a I picture of him it. right now with a really bad beard. Mm-hmm. He's got a beard in this photo. Yeah. They're on some red carpet. And he's yeah. got a beard, and he, it doesn't work for him. Most people, you slap a beard on, and you're doing better. Yeah. Not That's true. true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. I just wanted to bring that little bit of uh, excitement to the Thank top you. of the ep. Wow. And this episode that we're going to be talking about, it's called Flight One. 
flight one. And let's see what Ashley predicted for flight one. She predicted that Betty and the horse riding guy would have a more concrete flirtation. You may remember the horse riding guy. He was not in this episode. No, he was not. But she would realize that it was okay to flirt with men who are a little bit older than Glenn. (laughs) 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You said, and this is pretty good. You said that Don would start snap. No, no, no. You said Peggy would start snapping at people whenever they walked in the room. Okay. Which is kind of the attitude she was giving off. Yeah. Uh, So we remember at the end of episode one, Don mailed Meditations in Emergency, in an emergency. And you predicted that he sent that book to Midge. Midge would read it, start meditating. Uh, She would realize that what she really wants is to be a high-powered businesswoman, and she would start a competing marketing firm. (laughs) So... Not in this episode. We'll see. You know, we might get there. That might be a long play, a long game. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, Joan is going to be heading more toward full dominatrix with more leather. Okay. Honestly, Joan was pretty dominating in this episode. She was a bee, but we'll get there. She really was a bee. She was a bee. Regarding Pete and Trudy. Trudy would go to lunch and run across a nurse. There would be a room full of babies. She would steal a baby. build her own secret room and hide the baby she would then fake a pregnancy because pete doesn't know how long the gestation of a normal human woman would be and uh and we specified that this baby that she stole would not be peggy's baby so we wouldn't have like this wonderful circle thing it would just be a random baby okay but now listen there was a room a secret room that had a baby in it in this episode. Oh, yeah. So I want to just, I want to give myself a little <laughs> bit of points for that one. Yeah. You knew there was baby energy coming. You knew it yes. was happening. Yes. <laughs> Felt that baby energy. <laughs> and then the lingo you predicted predicted was, are we having fun yet? Specifically, <laughs> it would not be the party down ad. I was. I think I had hoped that right. Sterling Cooper would create the ad, but right, right. Wow, wow. Okay, those were your predictions. Okay, let's let's well, talk listen, about what just, actually happened. I need to tell you because it's happening right now, yes. and I don't know if you can see it. Maybe you can see it behind me back there. There's a lot of light activity behind you. Yeah. So I have this foil rainbow curtain on the doorway from um, my daughter's mm. birthday. Okay, as yeah. you can see, and the sun uh-huh. is coming in through the window at just such an angle that uh-huh. I'm like living in a fairy wonderland right now. That's There's wonderful. just sparkles everywhere, like uh-huh. on that wall, wow. on the dog, on the dog as he licks his now, crotch. Yeah, he's got a <laughs> he's sparkle like, oh, crotch on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so I'm like mm-hmm. I'm very distracted by this wonderland yeah. that I'm living in in this yeah. moment. That's wonderful. Okay, so I just needed you to know that for yes. when, not if, you noticed that I was distracted. Yeah. That you're just floating away. Right, right, right. Sparkles. When when I turn into like a mist mm-hmm. and I change yeah. colors and I just kind of dissipate. Ooh. I can't fucking wait for that to happen. <laughs> That's what happens. And we're going to hear it live on Mad Women. <laughs> yep. So, this shindig, flight one, starts out with... Oh, we need, ooh, huh. we need, we need a synopsis. Dear listener, we want to make sure that you can enjoy Mad Women, even if you haven't seen the episode recently. So we've heard your cries 
yes. for just a basic synopsis at the yes, top Yes, like, the please just tell us what's happening. So there is a synopsis. Hang on, I've lost it. I'm finding it. <laughs> we're gonna, yeah, we're, we're still working out the kinks, all right? It's dear okay. listener. It's <laughs> Give us a fucking break, dear listener. <laughs> dear listener, what do you want from us? Hang on. <sighs> I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna cut all this out. It's fine. No. You want me to leave this? I want dear listener to hear it. (laughs) I want dear listener to know what they've put us through. I know. Listen, their demands are overwhelming. Okay. All right. Be honest. Are you just looking at more pictures of Vincent Carthizer and (laughs) Alexis (laughs) Burnell? I mean, I I wish that that's what was happening. I wish I could say that's what's taking me so long. (laughs) So we have found our synopsis. We're going to take the IMDb TV version of it. The synopsis for Flight 1 is Paul hosts a party at his apartment and introduces someone special to his colleagues. Peggy visits her family for dinner, period. Despite a conflict of interest, the Sterling Cooper agency pursues an airline account. Mm, so folks that should clear it up so we know paul who by the way i once again i keep calling him stan (laughs) because they're just they're just random names but paul uh is having a party but first we see trudy and pete are trying to find it and trudy is we know they're not in manhattan because trudy says i have no problem with negroes i'm just worried about the car yes (laughs) which is just a classic white person i'm not racist i'm just scared of black people thing right just what it's just true to the place right and then what's his name pete is very nervous and trudy's like no, you shouldn't be so nervous about, you're just going to hang out with the people that work for you. She, she refers to them as the people that work for you. And Pete's like, some of them don't feel that way. Yes. Yes. And I thought that was very funny. So Trudy and Pete walk into this party and yes. they're not sure what to do with their coats. And they go over to Harry mm-hmm. and Harry's wife. They're like, what do we do with our coats? That's how yeah. they talked. That's how they said it. What, uh-huh. do, what do we do with these? Where and, do we put them? <laughs> and like, we left them in the car because that's what, that's what you do. But let me tell you, uh-huh. Catherine, Harry's wife. Yeah. How how does the show keep finding such terrible oh. actresses? Wow. I can't. This is not what I expected to happen. What I... what was she doing that was bad? <laughs> that was bad. <laughs> yeah. It, she. It's it's the it's the lack of human emotion. These people just look like they they seem like uh-huh. robots. These actresses yeah. that they keep finding just seem like fucking robots. And I can't understand if it's – part of me wonders if it's an acting choice. Uh-huh. Like, if it's a choice that these actresses are making that it's like, yeah, women in the 60s had no power and all they could do was be subservient to the men, so we need mm-hmm. to find a way to portray this. But the woman yeah. had – like, there was no – she seemed pissed. I thought she was pissed off. She was pissed off. But she then, was supposed to be pissed off. Okay. All right. All right. Because Why? her – because, well, we remember at the end of the last season, after the Nixon-Kennedy party, Harry cheated on her. No, that wasn't... Pete's... That wasn't Harry. That was Glasses Guy. Harry is Glasses Guy. No. No, no. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. No. Harry was the guy who was in his underwear living in the office for a night when Don was there in, like, the season oh, finale. Right. Okay, wait a it's minute. True. All right. 
Yeah, she was pissed. And she was like, oh, because Pete says, I smell alcohol, but I don't see it. And his wife is like, it's him. <laughs> As in, you're drunk. Mm. And she's like, we're at a party. So they are a bickering couple. Okay. Intentionally. All right. All right. You know what? Thank you for for, right. for, you're welcome. for bringing my mind back around to that. Because <laughs> I was like, why can't these people find people who can act? But no, okay, yeah. that makes more sense. I no. redact. I redact. I'm gonna. Okay. I'm gonna scribble it out on my notes where yeah. I said, "Oh my god, terrible acting." Do you have a list like you've got your trumpet, trumpet list? But right. then do you have your like dump truck bad actor list? <laughs> yes. I don't know what you would call yes. that list. Uh, okay. I'll find. A, we'll find a name because they're gonna need their own mm-hmm. sound effect. Okay. Maybe it's a dump truck and you just do backup sounds, some beeps. Eep, eep, <laughs> eep, eep. <laughs> Ah, a dump it, dump it, trumpet. A um, dump it, trumpet. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> all right. So we're still in like the first 20 seconds of yeah, this episode. Yeah. We've got all these like funny, funny work dynamics shooting back and forth. Peggy's making out with a guy Hard. who's like, you work for these people? And she's like, I work with them. Yeah. So she and Pete, the one of the first things they say is whether or not they work for or... Right. Over someone else. And they're making fun of Paul. And then Paul comes in with a little neck scarf and a pipe and starts just mouthing off about how cool he is. Yes. He's got this beard. He's like, he's so bougie. He is so bougie. He feels very cool. Mm -hmm. And remember, he's the one in the episode with the twins. And when they were all trying to use pickup lines, he was the one, do you like Ukrainian food? (laughs) So he's always going for... He wants to be, like, a cool artist, bon vivant, whatever. Yes, yes. And then you've got, in another corner, Ken is feeling up a drunk girl who says, My mother says if you can't feel your cheeks, it's time to stop. So my best friend has a similar metric. She touches Mm. the tip of her nose. Like, I can always tell, like, when Uh we're out at a party and I see her, like, touching her nose, like, kind of poking at it, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. This ain't good. Because that's how she, like, if she can't feel her nose anymore. Okay. Now, this doesn't mean I can't feel my nose. I need to stop. It means Uh I can't feel my nose. I'm getting to a good place. Let me keep going. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) But it's, yeah, it's very similar. Like, can't feel my face. Huh. I can't feel my face when I'm with you. And I love it. And we love it. Isn't that the weekend? It's a song. I don't know who. Maybe. Well... We'll never find out. We also get to see Sal kind of flirting with a woman here, which is fun. Kitty. I, I wrote down her name was Kitty. Oh. He and is this is this the woman that they were was watching the Jackie O thing with? Yes. Well, so I believe we can assume so. they're like a they're a they're a couple. Yeah. Ooh. You're getting French too. <laughs> or fancy. And then we see Joan and Paul are talking to each other. And Joan, the first thing she says is explaining why her doctor fiancé isn't there. Mm-hmm. And Paul starts bragging about this booze that he has. There was a shipwreck and they yes. just recovered all these bottles and they sold 180 bottles and I have one. And Joan says, but not a sofa. Right, which... you have fancy liquor but no sofa. Mm-hmm. And then we see Paul's girlfriend. Sheila. Sheila. And she's a black lady. She sure and, is. And and Joan just like claws come out. 
fire starts shooting out of her eyes. Oh my lanta. And she is like, I'm gonna tear this to the ground. Well, and she did it in that classic girl way of like Mm -hmm. being nice. Like, yes. like the tone of her voice, her face mm-hmm. still looked kind. Yeah. It was soft. She had a slight smile. She's like, oh, uh-huh. you work at the supermarket. You don't live in Manhattan, yeah. do you? So, like, she seems like, I'm being so kind. How could you possibly take mm-hmm. anything else away from this? And really, right. she's being an evil monster. She really is being real mean and she throws in the when paul and i were together the last thing i would have taken him for is open-minded open-minded oh so cold and also like pointing out hey i've already had him right Um, which is serious evil x energy right it was it was a twofer it was i'm gonna be Mm -hmm. racist and i'm also gonna throw in your face that girl i already done did that you can have my sloppy Mm -hmm. seconds Mm mm-hmm and it reminded me of something I really love about this whole thing is we never saw Joan and Paul together. Like no. in most TV shows, it would be like you would see people meet, have a relationship, the relationship fails, then there's after. We are only seeing the after effects in just the same way that we're only seeing her and Roger after they've been together for a year. Right. And so it's like Joan's already gone through a lot of metamorphosis is or yeah. whatever and we're just seeing her now well it's interesting because i mean that's a little pissed all the time a little pissed mm-hmm. there i mean i mean they say that like you know we know that from improv right like start in the middle we yeah. don't need to see uh-huh. every step of the way but they do that a lot in this show yeah and it's a yeah. slow reveal like we didn't learn about mm-hmm. her and paul until the very mm-hmm. end of season one i think they mentioned it very briefly very early but they didn't make a big thing about it. No. It was the kind of thing... I, I was definitely aware of it on this rewatch because I knew, you knew it happened. But right. but it would totally make sense if you just didn't... Especially because Paul just fades into the background with... Right. In, in the first... In the beginning of it. There's a lot more of Paul being a jerk. Well, I thought it was very funny when someone yells, The man upstairs is here. He just goes, God? God? Yeah. But then he finds out it's his neighbor who smells pot. And he's like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> don't, don't say anything. And I read, because I am reading my Mad Men Carousel articles by Matt Solar Sites. He pointed out that this is the first time we see marijuana among the mainstream people, not just mm. the beatniks with Midge and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it's creeping. It's creeping in. Here it comes. Yeah. That wacky tobacco. <laughs> That good old Mary Jane. That, what is the, devil's lettuce? The devil's lettuce, yes. Good job. Thank you. So Peggy, still smooching, her boy tries to get her to come home, and she says, I'm in the persuasion business, and frankly, I'm disappointed by your presentation. And I hated that so much. Why did you hate it? Just because she was being sassy? She was being, like, cocky, and it just seemed rehearsed and weird yeah but it reminded me a lot of don because don will take normal conversations and like actual interpersonal interactions and just relate them to business yeah yeah i mean she's definitely feeling herself Mm -hmm. she feels real uh real fancy she's Mm -hmm. like here i am a lady but i'm not a secretary i'm a copywriter yeah i don't work work for them them. i work with them exactly that's right She's all like, 
She's like got her figure back. She yeah. looks young and 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 pretty. She and she's smirking, and it looks like she has a new roommate and a new apartment. Mm-hmm. But then, just like we saw Don and Betty kind of wake up in the after party. There was an episode where, like, they went to bed in black tie, but then they woke right. up and they were just, like, coughing. That right. Peggy yeah, had right. that moment. Yeah. I loved that aerial shot. Mm-hmm. That shot of her on the bed kind of splayed out and everything's a mess. Um, mm-hmm. And it was interesting because the last time we saw her in her bedroom yeah. was when she was trying out that sex machine. Yeah. <laughs> and... <laughs> You know, it was very prim. It was very proper. Everything was Mm -hmm. cleaned and put away and whatever. Yeah. And so you're seeing this. And even she was very still um, contained. She was like in a nightgown. Right. And her hair was all done. And she was, you're right. Like she she was a good girl. And now she's like, she was Sandy at the beginning of Grease. Now she's Sandy at the end of Grease. Look at us bringing that back again. Yeah. Those grease metaphors. Yeah, so here she is all splayed out in her <laughs> uh-huh. dress from the night before, and everything's a yeah. mess, and the phone's ringing, and she's not going to answer it. She's going to pull no. the pillow over her face. Yeah. And we see later she arrives late to work, yep. it looks like. Yeah. She's there after everybody. So speaking of, Don and Roger are going into the building, but this we see the outside of Sterling Cooper, and I don't think we'd seen that yet. Yeah. The name of the building, or of the office the firm on the outside of the building and then don and roger in the elevator and roger's pissed about traffic and then finds out that it's a parade for john glenn the astronaut and roger's real saucy about it because he's so crabby about it yeah he's like he didn't get shot at or anything Uh, right it's just not enough but don's like he's a winner he's got a square jaw he there you went go. to the space or whatever. <laughs> he, went, he went to the space. Yeah. That's he where went, he went. He went, up, he went up to heaven. But then when they come in, no one is at their desks. They're all crowded around a radio and they find out that a American Airlines flight crashed. Mm-hmm. Flight number one. And I learned flight one. Did you research it? Well, it's in the footnotes of my of my oh. Vulture article. It says that it was March 1st, 1962, which is weird because the canon date for this episode is January 29th, 1960. <laughs> One, One, 1961. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. They can have some uh, idiosyncrasies. Great. Perfect. Yeah. So, wait a second. Anachronisms. There we go. That's the word I okay, wanted. Okay, cool. Um, uh, <laughs> we're doing great. So it was it was a flight that was supposed to go from I guess New York to Los Angeles, and two minutes after takeoff, it had crashed. Ninety five passengers and crew died. It was the worst tragedy involving a single plane in the history of U.S. commercial aviation, and it was the day of a parade to welcome astronaut John Glenn. Nice. All of that is correct. All <laughs> right. So. They're all there, they're, and Peggy walks in and doesn't join them, but she's just carrying a vacuum for some reason. Right. And Don is the one who, like, thinks of business and is like, pull the mohawk ad. We don't want someone seeing picture yes. of a downed plane next to our ad. Yeah, immediately. Immediately he jumps on that. Yeah. But everyone else just starts making jokes. Yes. Including Pete, who comes up... Like, how long was Pete standing there thinking of this fully formed joke? 
a long time. Listen, like, that's yeah. all. He's he's not clever or witty, so he, he can't do it on the fly. So he comes up, yeah. hears this is happening, and his brain is automatically like, I am a dick. I need to find <laughs> something rude to say. Quick, let yeah. me formulate a joke at the expense of uh-huh. these human lives. And spent the rest of that time calculating mm-hmm. what that would be. Folks, if you don't remember, he said, some of the passengers were on their way to a golf tournament. Apparently, the minute the plane hit, the bay turned plaid. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Yuck, 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 We've got Bert and Roger are having a meeting in Bert's office. And Bert is eating ketchup and something. A lot of ketchup. I don't yeah. know what the ketchup is going on, but you know what? As soon as I saw the ketchup, I was like, yeah. Kate's going to notice that ketchup. Kate I is going to be excited about that ketchup. I don't understand what's happening now. <laughs> if, you're, if you're mad, if you're being mean at me. No, I, I like that I know that about you. I like that I know you Thank well you. enough that I will notice what you will notice. You will notice what I know. I know. Bert and Roger are having a meeting. Bert's eating a bowl of ketchup. Duck comes in with the same idea <laughs> that Don had. Right. He's like, hey, somebody ought yeah. to tell Don that we pull all this shit. And Cooper's like, he's uh-huh. already on it. Listen here, youngin. Listen here, yeah. ducky boy. Our Don is on it. It sets up this thing that maybe we've started to see, but we really start to see it in this episode of Duck and Don going head to head at each yeah. other. Like they're kind of equal power players in this little world so help me remember help me remember this dynamic because duck got hired in Mm -hmm. by don right yeah but here's what i think i think that duck is taking over some of the duties that roger was doing i think roger was head of account services and don was head of creative and then they made don partner and had him as partner Uh uh-huh bring in a new head of account services and maybe roger was kind of out of commission at that time and so he wasn't as big a part of bringing them in does that sound yes but i would Uh imagine that a partner would still be higher up than the head of account services because duck isn't partner yeah true but i think it's just someone has to be in charge and someone has to make the decisions and the partners there's now three partners and they all have to evaluate all of the possibilities Mm -hmm. so it looked like Bert and Roger, who outrank Don as a whole, right. end up being like the deciders well, clearly. in favor of Duck. Yeah. Duck has a scoop on American Airlines. They're looking for a fresh start. So the idea is Sterling Cooper wants to make a bid for American Airlines business, but they have an airline and we'll see what Don thinks about that later. Yes. So Bert says, that's an interesting phone call. And then it cuts to Pete. On an interesting phone call. On an interesting phone call. And the smirk has been wiped off of his face. What did you think when you saw him on that call? So originally, I assumed that he was up to shenanigans. Because Mm, he's constantly up to shenanigans. And I figured he Mm -hmm. had learned some other new piece of information about Don. I kind of thought that since he found out what he did at the end of season one, that he's kind of been on the hunt trying to chase down more and Uh in an attempt to bring Don down. Okay. And so, yeah, the look on his, I mean, clearly we quickly learned that it's shock, but it seemed like 
oh, I thank you for mm-hmm. this bit of information, you know. So how did you feel when you found out what would happen? Well, so we should like, say, what? so what happens is, so he goes into yeah. Don's office and uh-huh. he's just kind of like in a daze. And mm-hmm. Draper's like, you know, what do you want? And he says that I just got an interesting phone call from my brother. My dad was on that plane. Yeah. And yeah. Draper's like, oh, shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he just keeps saying, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And I thought that that was played so well. Like, mm-hmm. I, that mm-hmm. whole scene and this idea of, like, you get this news and you don't know what to do with it. And you, like, you literally, like, do I cry? Do I not? Like, you're just in complete shock. Is Mm -hmm. so real to that kind of news. Like, as someone who's gone through that kind of news. Like, Mm -hmm. just straight up, like, do I go home? What do people do in this? Where do I go? What do I say? Like, it was played so well. And it really, like, it read as just shock. Like, your body is just in shock. Mm -hmm. And Draper is like, well, you go home, you be with your family. And yeah. Pete is like, is that what you would do? Yeah. And Draper <laughs> says, yes, I would. Are you sure? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he is. He's just kind of babbling a little bit just because he can't get a focus on his mind. And I yeah. don't think I know, like, you know, I don't think I know how old he was. Someone's going to ask that. Am I going to cry? Like all of these things yeah. that just don't matter but are coming through his head. Yeah. I wrote that Pete's face knows how to act. Yes. And yeah. so this was really a, a big, strong acting moment for him, this whole episode. Well, right. And so what's interesting is, is like, in specifically in this moment, mm-hmm. he is supposed to not show any human emotion, right? Like, that's okay. kind of the whole thing. Like, you're, <laughs> like, you go in robot mode. Like, you uh-huh. don't really have emotion. But of course, there's still, like, things happening on your there's face. There's expression. And there's expression, right? But you're not really yeah. emoting. But he did such mm-hmm. a great job portraying that. Whereas mm-hmm. Betty can't have mm-hmm. any human emotion when there's like a big emotion that she's supposed to yeah. portray. Here he uh-huh. is trying to do something so small, yeah. like portray such a like m- minute mm-hmm. feeling and he's doing it mm-hmm. so well. Like he yeah. did such a good job with his face. Nice job face acting. Yeah. Good job, Vincent face car facer you know who else can't show a human emotion who dad his wife alexis bladell <laughs> oh oh yeah yeah I-, I was worried you were gonna say trudy at first but no no yeah, no no, no, uh, no rory is not yes the most expressive actress. rory is notoriously um terrible in that show i don't know if it's too much of a spoiler to say that that oh. actress has a part in Mad Men. does she later. oh that's yeah. no spoiler listen i'm excited okay. to find yeah. out more i'm not sure if it's where they met or oh. if i don't know if it was before or after their relationship started but all right well i want you to do the research on that so i don't get any spoilies oh good call good call don't ever look at alexis Bedell. so <laughs> what's his name don says there's life and there's work and that's kind of this whole episode life and work are coming in and out of each other and some of the people are trying to figure out how how does their life fit into their work and how does their work fit into their life mm-hmm. and some of them don't make very healthy choices i would no, say no no i'll say when pete toward the end of that scene when pete has his back to don's bar cart right next to him in the window is a small model plane and look I just at feel like, you yeah i mean i'm sure it's been there 
from Mohawk, but also they didn't have to put a small model plane in the well, same frame as Pete right, no, at that's any point. So very intentional. Yeah. And but then look at you noticing leaves, that background. Hey. I got this. <laughs> and then the dudes are still making airplane jokes. They <laughs> Right, as he's walking all of through the, guys the bullpen. Can do. Yeah. And he's turned from someone who was so cocky and flippant and blithe about making an airplane joke, and now he's right. a victim. Right. Ooh, and I wanted to say in my article, it says that the actor Christopher, Christopher Allport, Allport, yes, who acted as Pete's dad. Do you know what I'm going to tell you? Yes, that he's dead. Yes, because at the he very died? at the very end of this episode, it mm. said in memory of Christopher Allport. And you looked up who that was. Okay. Yes, because I was like, well, who is that? Do you know how he died? In an avalanche. In a friggin' avalanche. Yes. Which, if you were going to have a spiritual cousin to a plane crash, right? an avalanche is very much the same right? level of, atro- uh, not atrocity, but just So, now here's what I'm wondering. Accident. Here's what I'm mm-hmm. wondering. And I'm sure, I'm sure it is this way. Did Christopher Allport die and then they wrote this storyline? I don't know. I because, haven't looked that up. Like, it question. would be, it would be way too fucked up weird crazy for them to be like pete's dad died in this horrific accident and then Mm -hmm. oh my god the actor who played pete's dad ain't enough time for them to make Uh this in memory of it's not like they wrote the storyline and three years later he died Mm -hmm. in this horrific wreck it was soon enough that they were able to make it in memory of this person so i have to assume he had already passed yeah according to this he was supposed this being Wikipedia, he was supposed to be a, a recurring character, but then they wrote him out of the show in the crash. This episode aired August 3rd of 2008. He died in January of 2008. Okay. All right. I feel like the crash had to have... They didn't create it. It was a historical event. Right. And they wouldn't have just created the entire season two arc around this accidental death i don't know if the crash was already in the script and they were like hey let's uh, let's kill off pete's dad in that crash right right so i'm yeah, yeah. i mean i'd have to imagine okay. that the whole point of um <laughs> like mohawk and now we have this american airlines thing and all that maybe mm-hmm. already was in the works yeah but then yeah. once this actor mm-hmm. died in this horrific accident they were like okay well we can throw this in there and it could totally have changed the arc of pete True. Because it probably would have anyway, because it sounds like Mm -hmm. if he was going to be a recurring character, that they had some plans of how that relationship was going to unfold. Yeah, because it's such a critical relationship for Pete. Right. We're really, we're really digging in deep with these steps now. (laughs) It's great. I love it. So we're back in Bert's office, and Don and Bert and Roger float the, we need to get rid of Mohawk so that we can make a bid for American. Right. And I don't know. I think they're like, we're going to go after American. And Don's like, we already have an airline. And I don't Someone said something and he's like, we have one of the one whose planes didn't just fall out of the sky. Yes. He's super, super defensive of Mohawk. Very defensive. He's very loyal. He's being very loyal in this moment. And that stays with him later when we see him actually with the Mohawk exec. Right. We see that loyalty come through. So right. we're back with Pete in his family living room and they're comforting. It's it's Pete and his wife, Trudy, 
And then I think it's his sister-in-law, his brother Bud is kind of out of the room, comes back in. And then there's right. another woman who I think is Bud's wife. So they're comforting the mother and like, Bud's going to be fine. He'll take care of it. Right. Also, the mother's name is Dorothy. And I liked that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dot. Trudy at one point calls her Dot. Yeah. But when I paused, yeah. you know, on the IMDb TV or on Amazon, uh-huh. it shows you all the actors yeah. and the character names. And it said Dorothy. And I was like, oh. That's my daughter's name yeah. for our listeners. Yes. We have a beautiful connection there. <laughs> and I, I really, there's this fun moment when the mother, who, like Pete, is kind of just babbling, and she takes notice of this pink elephant behind Trudy. He's like, what's that? Yeah. What is it? Here, you can have it. <laughs> and Trudy's just like, uh, okay. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, very strange. Trudy and the wife are of Bud are both, like, not really sure what to say, but just saying kind of random stuff. Right, and then the funniest, like, one of the strangest lines in there was the wife, uh-huh. or, you know, the woman sitting next to Dorothy, yeah. supposedly Bud's wife, is saying something vaguely kind, and uh-huh. Trudy's like, oh, that's a nice thing to say. And she says, yeah. I like to offer a nice bouquet of thoughts. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I wrote that down too. It's good. And Trudy's like, oh, well, well, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> right. It was just a weird. It was yeah. so strange. I have to bring up the fact that that Allison Brie was in the newest internet drama song uh, oh, about blue cheese. She's and so good. I watched it fourteen times a day for a few days there, and it's amazing. Uh, blue cheese has mold in it. it. I'll just start singing that. <laughs> we don't have the rights. So Bud comes in and has a little under the breath meeting with Pete that their father didn't actually have a whole lot of money. He was broke. Broke. And had been pilfering from his wife's trust. So it's kind of like they ain't got no money, no family money anymore. Yeah. And that's really all we see of that. I'm I'm sure it'll come up later. Yo, I'm sure. And then Dot is like, your father called you salt and pepper. Yeah. And Trudy's like, that's beautiful, Dot. She's trying to, she's trying to make it, right. make it up. So then we go to Betty and Don at home. Don's coming uh-huh. home. And yeah. she's feeling some kind of way. She's sassy already. Yeah. Betty's just in a bad mood this whole episode. And she tells him that Carlton and perpetually pregnant Patty are coming uh-huh. over to play cards. But did you notice what she was serving for dessert to her family? I don't remember what I was serving. very excited about it. It was that strawberry salad that I made at Thanksgiving oh, with the pretzel with base and the cream cheese and the strawberry jello huh. on top. I was like, oh my God, it's strawberry <laughs> salad. I was very wow. excited. Yeah. and Good. It has cultural roots. It does. And here's the thing. I feel like now I understand why it's called salad. Okay. Because in the 60s, there were so, like mm-hmm. they- fucking loved gelatin they had Uh weird ass jello salads all the time all the time yeah and most of them didn't survive to the 21st century right most of them were disgusting yeah so i was like oh my god growing up in the south there was a lot of cream based salad things yeah like ambrosia ambrosia salad oh girl that's good though that's real good say grape salad is that a thing yes grape salad is a thing thank you with like yeah a cool whippy creamy kind of situation mm-hmm. yeah for sure yeah for sure i love that because your strawberry salad it was banging <laughs> 
Betty is wearing a really pretty dress. I thought it's purple. And then it has like I'm saying a fashion thing. You I need are to respect. I'm... It's got like a band thing, and then it turns into a dress. I don't know how the yeah. what do you call that kind of dress? I don't know. Oh my god, Linda, useless. Sorry. And see, at the party at the beginning, Trudy was also wearing the same kind of up and down situation, and it was purple, and, up and down it was also situation. a very pretty. I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember these things. I'm gonna need to go back and see because up and down that situation. I'm not <laughs> You're saying she was wearing a dress yeah. that had a band uh-huh. and then turned into a yeah. dress. And then you said <laughs> up and down situation. Yeah, because they were the same kind of thing. Um, I don't know what you're not getting. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, you're in charge of fashion. If you didn't pay attention to these fashion things, you cannot blame me for what we bring to the I'm table. I'm sorry. I got really distracted by the strawberry salad. I was so excited. Yeah. Yeah, once again, we make a complete pair because you're looking at one. How are you looking at food and I'm looking at fashion? <laughs> this is fucked up. I know. How dare we? I know. All right. Did you enjoy Sally being the bartender? Yes, I said the girl is making drinks. The girl is making drinks? It was so cute. <laughs> it was very cute. And he's like yeah. giving her notes like these cherries are not muddled. They need to be muddled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like that, that scene was framed by first she's giving the improperly muddled drinks to the boys. Right. And then when she comes in at the end with the women's order and Tom, uh, Tom, uh, Don <laughs> is like saying, uh, it's got the cherry. You just put it on top. Gin. Right. Just, he got his instructions. It's right. great. He's giving her this drink order. It's adorable. Yeah. And between those, we, fi- I don't know if we probably saw Carlton at like the kid's birthday party, yeah. but we really get a lot of Carlton action here. Uh, and he's just talking about how he's hot for the babysitter. And Don is not interested in this conversation. No, no. He's very put off. And he's doing that that thing mm-hmm. where you just kind of laugh it off, right? You're just like, oh, yeah. Carlton, come on, man. You yeah. don't really, you don't really mean. Like, he's not giving him a what for, mm-hmm. which he should, and but he's, he won't. And he does the kind of disappointing squint thing. Right. Very similar to what the way he treated Roger with the twins. Right. Of just like... I'm not like you. Right. It's pretty much, I just date older women. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Don't get it twisted. He still plays around on his wife, just not with teenagers. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. This part of the episode goes back and forth from like Don's evening to Peggy's evening. Mm -hmm. And so we see Peggy, she's got her vacuum. We see her go into work with a vacuum and then go to her mother's house with a vacuum. We never see her actually use the vacuum. Well, my thought is, because her mom asks, did you bring the vacuum? I assumed either she was lending Mm -hmm. this vacuum to her mother or she was returning it. Like she had borrowed it from her mom. I think that's it. Yeah, and she was bringing it back. So she probably didn't, she probably just brought it into work the way Pete brought the chip and dip into work because he had errands to run after work. Right. She wasn't going home. She was going right to her mom's after work. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. The mom also asked, did you empty the bag? So I'm guessing it was belonged to the mother. Right. So it was her mother and her sister. And let me say, yes, that was Uh an amazing casting choice because those two women looked a lot alike. They do. They really did look like mother and daughter. Yeah. Like Peggy is like Irish Catholic. Right. Peggy yeah. doesn't look like she belongs in there, mm-hmm. but those two women, yeah. that was a really amazing casting yeah. choice. The crash comes up again briefly, and then the uh they start the mother and, and, and sister start turning the conversation to church. Mm-hmm. 
and they mention like some boy with bad skin that they know. Right. And Peggy says Clearasil. So once again, she's turning it back to advertising right. and her job instead of just discussing this uh, honestly. Right. The sister tries to guilt Peggy by saying that her mother's not going to be there forever. And then, and then Peggy says, I'm capable of making my decisions. Right. And the sister says, really? The state of New York didn't think so. The doctors didn't think so. Yes. So what did you think of that? Wowza. Uh-huh. That was, that was very, very surprising. I mean, so the last that we see of Peggy at the end of season one uh-huh. is she yeah. is refusing to look at this baby. Yeah. And then the first thing that we see of her in the beginning of season two is she's slim mm-hmm. again. She's... Got this happy-go-lucky attitude. She's being a copywriter. Mm-hmm. She's back in the world. Whatever. You hear yeah. from the boys that she took some amount of time away. I forget uh-huh. what they say. Like eight months or nine months or something. That she I was don't gone. Exactly. Yeah, I can't remember I how know. long she was gone. Maybe not that long. I think it was just a few weeks. Maybe. I feel like it was longer than a few weeks. It was some amount of time. Some it was amount of either time. weeks or months, possibly days. And you know what? <laughs> it could be all three. It could. It could. Thirty. 30 days, one month, four weeks. There you go. What are you going to do about it? We just solved that little riddle. One, one twelfth of a year. <laughs> I am good at math. You are good at math. So you didn't know what happened to her. Or right. Where. I mean, we don't know where she yeah. was or what she was doing or wh- mm-hmm. what happened to that baby or anything. So, I mean, her sister saying this leads me to believe, was she institutionalized for a little bit? Like, was she in a psych ward for a little mm-hmm. while? Clearly, the state of New York didn't think you could make decisions for yourself. And doctors didn't think you could make decisions for yourself. So that makes one think of being institutionalized Mm -hmm. for a a spell. For a spell. At the very least, yeah, like some kind of evaluation. And then, and also like saying, this person can't raise their own child. Right. Which is a very big determination for the state to make. Which is... Also goes counter to just like every other thing that we see about Betty, like she, or Peggy. She is so focused on her work, right. and she's like she's a strong, independent woman. But then right. there's just this weird hole in her world that she just avoids. She's right. just like I'm not even gonna pay attention to it. I'm gonna pretend like it doesn't exist. Right. We go back to the the double date where they're playing cards. The crash comes up again, and then it's just it's always coming up. It's just yeah. what everyone's talking about. And right. then Bobby comes down to steal some candy. Of course. The boy. I just wrote the boy. The boy. He's very cute. This is the most Bobby time I think we've gotten. In a minute. Yeah, and Betty is just so grumpy. She is just so mm-hmm. grumpy throughout this episode. Yeah. She's like, yeah. Bobby, go upstairs. Mwah. Yeah. And he's like, I'm scared. And so Don takes him upstairs and she says, when I was his, his age, I was way more afraid of my father than of going to sleep. Mm-hmm. She's just like so salty. Yeah. And she wants, that's a dig at Dawn. Right. For sure. Right. And it's like everything Betty is saying is really just about Dawn. Right. Because she brings up this this possible thing that he may have lied about where he, he drew a picture of George Washington that was really good. And she saw the same picture on the cover of a book at their house. But the book is at their house. So how would you trace it? Right. Did he trace it at home? And, bring, you know, it, it brings those uh, questions up. But Betty just right. doesn't like the lying. Well, and specifically because he was praised for it. His teacher mm-hmm. put it up on the wall and let uh, yeah. Betty know how wonderful this drawing was and how proud she mm-hmm. was. And yeah. it's just dishonest. Praise it for is. something he didn't do. Is that 
Does that connect to anything specific with Don that you can think of? Praise for something that he didn't do, necessarily? I mean, yeah, not that I can think of. Because then, like, Francine gives, is like, you know, the book says that this is when they start fibbing. And Betty says, I don't need a book to know what little boys do. And, like, makes eyes at Don. Right. And so it just seems like everything else is her lashing out at her husband. Because... When she and Francine are talking, it's still about... They're still dealing with the aftermath of Carlton's infidelity. Yes. And Betty is still not trusting Dawn. Right. With good reason. Right. So then we see Peggy. She's leaving. And her sister asks, aren't you going to say goodnight? And then she opens the door and just makes eye contact with this little baby. I thought when she's walking toward that door, because they had also mentioned... Before at dinner, her mother said, mm-hmm. your father would really like it if you lit a candle for him. And yeah. so she's walking towards the store and the sister says, aren't you going to say goodnight? And I'm like, oh, her mm-hmm. dad is in this room. Like, he's sick. Yeah. He's bedridden. He's going to be in bed and she's going to go in and say goodnight to dad. Yeah. And instead it was a hidden baby. Yeah. And two older children that were like, hi, Aunt Peggy. <laughs> and she's like, uh, I'm not even going to talk to the ones that are speaking. Right. Her dad is passed. That is a Catholic thing of lighting a candle for someone who's right. died. Right, right. So that's right. what I thought when she first said yeah. it. But then when she was like, say goodnight, I was like, well, who could she right. be saying goodnight to? Well, there you go. Yeah. So there's this baby. And it do- they don't say specifically if it is her baby or not. But, but that it is, is. What tr- heavily implying. Right. Yes. And she is has no interest in being a part of this baby's life. No. Clearly. She's only there out of obligation. She 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 agreed to go to dinner with her family, but then ate before she got there. Right. Once she's there, she doesn't engage on any of the topics. She doesn't want to go to church with them. She doesn't want to do anything else. And so a lot of this episode, along with this is work and this is life, it's a lot of parents and children. Yeah. And there's, you know, Betty and, and Bobby and... Uh, Peggy and her mother, Pete and his parents. Right. Peggy and her child, all of these things. Cleaning up after the card party, Betty is still mad at Carlton for not, like, appreciating her forgiving him. Right. Which is another way of being mad at Don. Right. Uh, Because she's just mad at all men. Yeah, she's like, he should be showering her with love, which is Mm -hmm. clearly what she wants Don to be doing. Yeah, but Don won't engage. And then Don does kind of the same thing that Peggy does, where he opens the door, sees his kids sleeping, and then closes the door without leaving. Right. Their their evenings kind of end the same way. Right. And then it goes to Pete and Trudy, and they're, uh-huh. like, getting ready for the day. I'm assuming this is the next day, is what I assumed. I mean, maybe I not. Maybe it's a few days later. I don't know why it's any time later. You think it's the same day? Why not? Well, because everybody went to bed, and now it's sunny outside. It's sunny outside, but they're getting ready. They're getting ready for the day. Like, he's getting dressed for the day for work. Oh, it's the... All right, I understand. Okay. <laughs> it's... it's Cut the... it out! It's... <laughs> Cut this part out! <laughs> I'm not joking. I know. I'm not joking. I know you're All not. right. All right, so then we see Trudy and Pete. Tell us about Trudy and Pete. Where are they? What are they doing? What time of day it is, is it? <laughs> Trudy and Pete, it's the morning. I think it's oh, the yeah. next morning. That makes sense. After I the agree. plane crash, great. Yeah. <laughs> and Pete is just still so distracted. Like, he's trying yeah. to get ready, but he's just thinking about dad, and he's thinking about their last conversation, which was uh-huh. a fight. They were arguing about... Yeah. 
dog breeds, which is also like so relatable. Like when you have yeah. these kinds of contentious relationships, you'll mm-hmm. argue about everything. Yeah. You'll never relent to the other person that mm-hmm. they could possibly be right about anything. And I loved how he said yeah. that his mom always said that they were fighting about facts. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if it had not been 1960, if it had been 2021 and you had a uh, mm-hmm. computer in your pocket, mm-hmm. you wouldn't fight about those things. But yeah, back then it's like, well, this is a fact that we could just look up mm-hmm. and somehow find the information for, but we're going to fight about it instead. You're so right. It's a hallmark of their bad relationship that they're not even talking about important things. They're right. just like at each other's throats for nothing. Right. I did love that Trudy just settled it. Because they were arguing the difference between Boston Terriers and French Bulldogs. Right. And he was like, they're beige. And she's like, well, yeah, that's a French Bulldog. And he's like, oh. Right. I had it wrong. Right. Also, we can note Trudy was in a great hair and towel combo. Yes, she was. Her head wrap and towel thing. It was a terry cloth. Yeah, like one of those Mm. tube top situations. But it's Uh a towel and then a head wrap. It was great. I thought it was cute. It was cute. Oh, I also, I before we yes. move on, I loved what he said. Please. He said, I woke up for a minute and I felt fine and then I remembered. Yeah. And that is also yeah. like such a classic mm-hmm. grief thing. Like you wake up. Absolutely. And your mind is like, oh, right, the world is normal and regular and everything's fine. Mm-hmm. And then it all just like sinks back into you. And you're like, yeah. oh, right, I have to remember that everything is different now, which... Yeah. was uh, a nice, like, little line to just throw in mm-hmm. there. They really handled Pete's grief very respectfully and honestly. And it was very interesting to see him go through this real life. Because so much of what he does, his marriage, his job, it's just all for show and all for, like... Right. You know, trying to be a certain type of thing. But here, he's having... He, there's not a rule book Right. And there's not an etiquette that he knows to follow. Well, and it's also He's like genuine. It's a different kind of grief when it's somebody that you didn't get along with. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, it's like a whole yeah. other, it's a whole other kind of thing to process because yeah. you're not thinking about all the good times. And she and and Trudy even says, just try and think about the good times, mm-hmm. which for Pete is probably really really hard to do. There's probably very few of them. Yeah, you know, and. When he first talks to Don after he learns it, he asks, am I going to cry? And then later when he's talking to Duck, he says, I haven't even cried yet. So you can tell he's like, it's on his mind that he doesn't even know if he's grieving properly. Right. And he never does cry in this episode, at least. No. Pete has a heart. We know it now. Yeah. Then we we return to this Paul and Joan dynamic. Mm Mm-hmm. And pa- I just wrote that Paul is mean to Joan. Oh, he's just ignoring him. He, he, her. He's giving her the silent treatment. Right. And like pretending like she's not there. But then he tells her as much. He tells her, I'm ignoring yes. you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because it's been three days and Joan hasn't given him the satisfaction of uh, like right. acknowledging him. Right. And then Joan just pretends to not even remember the Sheila interaction. Right. Until he calls her a phony and says falling in love with that girl just to show how interesting you are right he she like destroys paul for no reason yes she's so mean in this episode yeah she's so mean i wrote so sexy and so mean. well because i mean listen. she looks great listen being mean. 
Joan she just can't, has this little smirk I on mean, her face. She can't do anything but oh, smolder. She smolders. It's impossible it's for her to not smolder. And that green mm-hmm. dress that she's wearing. Mm. Okay, Joan. Mm. Listen, I'm a little pissed at you, but you can still get it. Exactly. Yeah. She really is a good counterpart, like a female counterpart to Don Draper in just yeah. in terms of being like as just of just a, a a perfectly gorgeous sexy being. Yeah. That's who's a, a little fucked up. Who's a little fucked up. Yeah. Duck approaches Pete, goes into his office, acknowledges that he just found out that his father was on that plane. Right. And just butters Pete up. Is just trying to be like the father he never had all of a sudden. Yes. He says, what's not to be proud of? You're hardworking mm-hmm. and you're this and you're that and just going on and on, giving him every yeah. compliment in the book. He says, we're practically family here. Right. And then what he really came there to do was say, oh yeah, hey, I don't want to make you uncomfortable, but you remember that airline that just murdered your father? We would like you to be okay with it and come talk to Mr. Airline with me. Right. We want you on board. Yeah. So one thing I read in my article here is that when Duck was being interviewed, one of the things on his resume was that he brought in American Airlines at another firm. Right. So I'm. So he's got this connection. Right. That he wants to reestablish with that person. But Pete says, "No, thank you. I don't think it's appropriate. I haven't even cried yet." And Duck's like, "Oh." Yeah, you're right. That was a dumb thing for me to ask. He says, I think I am uncomfortable. I haven't even cried yet. And Duck says, yes, of course. This was inappropriate. I'm sorry for your loss. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He just runs off with his tail between his legs. Yeah. And then Roger walks into Don's office and it's just like, hey, Don, we're dropping Mohawk. This is not a negotiation. You're making that call right now. Yeah. He says, take him to a a quiet place that's public. Yeah. You don't want him to make a scene. Right. And then Pete goes to Don for help the way he had earlier, but Don just yells at him. And it's this... So before when Pete went to Don, it was really interesting. So Pete and Don's relationship is so complicated because they kind of hate each other, but they know... They understand where each of them stands in this world that they're in. Right. And Don... And Pete does want to be Don. And so the fact that when he is at his most vulnerable, he doesn't go to Peggy. He doesn't go to his friends. He doesn't go to his secretary. He doesn't go to his, you know, Roger, who's been his, uh, you know, champion sometimes. He goes to Don, the person that he's kind of most afraid of. And he received some solace. But at this point, Duck has made Pete uncomfortable and Duck has has tried to push Pete into, you know, being with the American Airlines. And Duck has also pushed Don into abandoning Mohawk against his wishes. And so after Duck has just rained down shit on both of them, they interact. And instead of being like a comfort to each other, they, it's just like bad energy. Right. And Don yells at him and Pete doesn't, he's just groundless and he doesn't really... And it's after that that he doesn't make a very good human person decision. <laughs> like, right. he was being human up to this point, but now he's right going to go off the deep end. Yeah. I had a lot to say about that. That was good. That was great. It was interesting because, I mean, you're right. Like, Duck is the one who's kind of soured both of them this day, mm-hmm. but neither mm-hmm. one knows that about the other. Oh, yeah. You know, so Don doesn't know what, yeah. what Duck has just asked of Pete. And mm-hmm. Pete doesn't know what Duck has just 
forced Don's hand into doing. Yeah. And it's yeah. a really good point. Right? And so Don just snaps. It's not a good time. What do you mm-hmm. want, yeah. Pete? It's not a good time. And so it's, yeah, it's just very interesting how those two could very much, like, come together and be like, fuck duck. Oh, that's fun to say. Absolutely. Yeah. That's our next t-shirt. <laughs> but it is. Ooh, I like it. But, not, I mean, but neither <laughs> one knows about the other, about what's going on. Yeah, because I'm so sure both duck. of them would be on, fuck duck. If, I feel like Don would absolutely be pissed if he heard it proposed that Pete go meet oh yeah the airline he would lose his mind mm-hmm. he'd be pissed and and that's that's something that this article pointed out so don tells pete in their first little tete-a-tete that there's life and there's work and i think don sees that and he's like when he goes home and he lives his life he is not at work he is being a husband and a father he's not talking about infidelities he's just teaching his kids how to <laughs> you know go to sleep and and make cocktails and make tom collins and then he comes to work and he's at work right but duck is like there's life or he's he's trying to get pete to be like there's there's life and you need to make it work for your work right he's incorporating the two of those things in a way that don really doesn't like doing he didn't like it when the other agency tried to use his wife to force him into a work situation he doesn't like it when his brother from right out of nowhere shows up it's this different version of of interpreting that phrase and and pete is kind of not gotten the full story right on but then we see joan is leaving and she looks real cocky Mm -hmm. putting on her gloves and she comes across some ladies just a giggling at a billboard or a, a bulletin board. Yeah. Which is in Peggy's office for some reason. And it's yeah, a photocopy right. of her driver's license. With her birthday circled. February 24th, 1931 mm-hmm. is her birthday. Yeah. Which makes makes her 31 years old. Yeah. Which is how old I am. And I don't like those women laughing at me about it. Right? Right? She's about mm-hmm. f- four months older than you. Yep. Wow, that makes me feel really good, honestly. (laughs) But it only works for this season. Right, right. And so she is just, like, pissed. And she turns to Peggy, who says, I would never would have guessed you were in your 30s, which could be a little bit of a catty thing, but is also kind of a compliment. Speaking of catty, my cat just showed up. (laughs) Hi, Bloom. Hey, Bloom. So I really like this. What did you think of this scene between Joan and Peggy? So... Peggy seemed like she was being catty. Yeah. She was still being like, oh, I don't know who put that there. I never would have guessed you in your 30s. But then Joan starts going off about how they can't stand it. They can't stand it. They want you to be as miserable as they are. And I'm not going to do it. And whatever. Yeah. She rips the paper down and throws it away. Because she's like, fuck that. I'm a boss ass bitch. I don't care what people think. That's right. And she also says that she thinks that people should leave their home life at home. Right. And, and and Peggy's like, yeah, I agree. And after that point, they're kind of on the same page. Like, right. yeah, I think she started out as caddy and, and Joan was just like kind of blew it off. Right. Didn't She wasn't really attacking Peggy. She was just like letting off steam. Right. And, and Peggy was like, yeah, because it relates to her. You know, she's she's still figuring out how to separate her life outside of work with her work life and she thinks she's doing it but it you know she's kind of being an asshole to everybody because of her work right i think that they kind of connect a little bit here 
And Peggy, or Jones, just like, they just want you to be as miserable as they are. Right. I liked it. Because it was just, like, balls out Joan being angry. Yeah. And asserting herself. So. Tooting her own. Who cares if you're 31? Strumpet trumpet. Mm-hmm. Then Don is in, like, a Chinese restaurant. And the Mohawk guy comes in. And he knows from the beginning that yep. this is the end of the road for him. Yeah. And Don says Sterling Cooper has decided that they will sever their partnership with Mohawk Airlines. Right. And it goes back to Don's just vehement loyalty to the client that exists and pays their bills. Right. And and Henry, the Mohawk guy, said, you know, they told me that Sterling Cooper is Don Draper and that you were going to make us a big airline and you fooled me. And Don does not like, I wrote, he doesn't like using his power for evil. Right. He's this convincing, charismatic guy, but he believes in it, and he's not just trying to fuck people over. Right. Which, Duck is much more of a player. He's like, we need to just jump to whatever is bigger, if there's any chance we can have it, we need that to hell with whatever we did give up. Don is charismatic, but he's not sleazy. Mm -hmm. Well, he's sleazy with women. He's sleazy with women. Yeah, yeah. But he's uh-huh. not sleazy with clients. Right. You know, he's very charismatic and he's very charming and he does talk a big game, mm-hmm. but he's not trying to screw anybody. Yeah. And Duck yeah. is fucking sleazy. He's very sleazy. And he he's such a kind of shadowy figure because he does come in and we don't really know him that well. We, we, we know that there's, you know, rumors about him leaving his last firm on bad terms. And but we're still we're still working on what what that looks like. And at this point, we're starting to see him as being just a little bit of a gross person. Right. Speaking of, he's in his little club with the American Airlines guy, Shell. And lo and behold, look who shows up. Well, so before Pete Campbell, before he shows up, uh-huh, before he shows up, they're talking, and it's clear that this Shell guy is like, yeah. "Listen, man, we don't know what's gonna happen. We're just trying to get our mm-hmm. bearings, and don't think that we're just giving you our business right out the bat." And yeah. It's seeming very much like, oh, fuck, they fired Mohawk for no reason. Or they dumped Mohawk for yeah. no reason. That's a scary proposition. Right, right. The shell says, we're just dipping our toe in the water. Mm-hmm. And Duck says, well, we jumped in. Uh-huh. And then that's when Pete walks up. Yeah, it was almost like they choreographed it. But clearly, Duck didn't expect Pete to actually show no. up. And, and Pete, you know, he just... Starts it off like any old any old sales pitch. And then he says, you know, we're going to have someone on your account who knows what you're going through. And pulls the My Dad's Dead card. And mm-hmm. the, it was very surprising for the shell guy. Oh, yeah. He looked like... like he clearly didn't know that. He was like, I'm about to yeah. be murdered right now. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, looks around that room like, where's the sniper? Oh, shit. They coming uh-huh. for me. <laughs> so this was the second meeting in a row organized... Or orchestrated by Duck. And we see, like, Don lowers himself and goes against his better judgment. And then Pete goes against. So they're both doing Duck's bidding. Right. And it's pretty sad. Right. So we go back to Don. And there's this moment where the waitress, who is really done up in uh, some version of 1962 Asian. Right. Some Asian trope. Right. And, like, the music is swelling, and it, like, goes in close on her face. And it's slow motion. Yeah. And it's, like, clearly there's, it's a moment of, like, Don is experiencing. And she essentially offers, you know, hey, my shift is almost over. Do you want to hang out? Right. And he says, no, thanks, not tonight. What did you think of that moment? Why did that happen? I what did that mean? I don't know. I don't, I was, I was confused <laughs> by it. 
I was confused. Yeah, same. I mean, uh-huh. okay, on the one hand, it's like Don normally would be like, oh, here mm-hmm. comes a beautiful woman. Clearly she's noticed me. She's interested. And uh-huh. I like to play around. Yeah. But I just had this conversation with Carlton and Betty about fooling around. Mm-hmm. And I just had my loyalty tested in this other way. Yeah. You know, True. I probably shouldn't test my loyalty in this way as well. But it was a very grandiose moment. I mean, it took a long time yeah. for her to come over to the table. For it to just be like, yeah, no, not mm-hmm. tonight. It was just very interesting. I don't yeah. fully, I don't fully understand what that yeah. whole thing was about. Because we know Don Unless, is attracted wait to- a minute. Yes. Oh. Unless uh-huh. it somehow also relates to his time in Korea. Oh. In the war. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. I'm just trying to pull some threads together here. Okay. All right. I don't know. Interesting. Because we don't... <laughs> we've seen a few scenes of the Korean War. I don't think we've seen a single Korean person no. <laughs> in the show. No, no, no. Like, they never actually showed any people. No. I mean, we know that Don has a history of trying to escape. Like, when right. he got a big check, he tried to leave for Europe with... Midge, and then later he tried, when he thought that his number was up with Pete, he tried to leave with Mama Merkin. Right. And so, like, was this another, was this him, like, here's a chance for me to escape? I really like you bringing in the the influences of his time with Carlton and Betty and how his loyalty is, is constantly up for grabs. Right. And maybe he wanted to, like, be in control of who he cheats and screws over. <laughs> and so he chose not to. Right. So, yeah, my, my Vulture article didn't say shit about that well, scene, so thanks a lot. Fuck Vulture. God damn it. So then we see, if it fades into Peggy, she has come to church. There's a really cool panning shot where we see her family one by one between... The, pe- the people in the pew ahead of her. Yeah. Well, and that priest and so is she, speaking it, yeah. Latin. Uh-huh. That mass is all in Latin. I'm like, I want to know what he's saying. I have somebody who can translate it for me. I should I should find out what he's saying. You could also just, you know, go to a current mass and they do the same thing, except in English. I do um, not want to do it was, that. It was pre-Vatican II. And so there <laughs> are, it is, it is during the communion. So everyone is on their knees. She is on her knees and she is really not feeling it. Right. Uh, she's, you know, clearly just there. And then when everyone gets up to take communion, she right. sits down. She stays. Do you know what that means in terms of like a Catholic ceremony? No. Like why she would sit? So I mean, so I assumed didn't... it was just because she don't even really want to mm-hmm. be there. She's not going to take communion yeah. on top of it. Yeah. Yes. There's a, a strong, and especially if this is like pre-Vatican II, which is. You keep saying that meaning. as though I know what yeah. it means. I'm not Catholic. I, right. <laughs> I think. I'm not sure when it was. It might have been or either. I don't know if it was right before or after this time, but before the early 60s or whatever, all mass was in Latin. Oh. And then I think Vatican II was this meeting at the Vatican of like all the cardinals and whatnot. And they decided that it would be okay to have mass in the tongue of the population. Okay. And so... Vatican II, electric boogaloo. I'm here for it. Yeah, that exactly. That's that's the the thing that pe- you know that people point to. Vatican II is when it turned from a Latin mass to a more modern English language mass. Okay. And I remember in the church parking lot growing up, seeing like bumper stickers that was like, "I preferred the Latin mass." <laughs> Repeal Vatican. I don't know. Like people are still pissed about wow. Vatican II. Yeah. 
Okay, all but right. it's a major thing because the blood and body of Christ are right. present in the Holy Communion. Right. If you are, if you have not gone to confession, if you are not right with the Lord, you're not supposed to take communion. Okay. And so it it, it it's just one of those defining things. It was actually, <laughs> it's a big part of uh, Portrait of the Artist of the, as a Young Man slash Ulysses that Stephen Dedalus refuses to like pray for his mother on her deathbed because he just doesn't, he's just not feeling being Catholic and it wouldn't be honest. And yeah. that, that kind of, it's a for very Catholic people abstaining from communion and other Catholic rituals is a big deal. I mean, gotcha. even not going to mass is right. is considered a sin. Right. But because she's the only one sitting there, she has to hold this baby. She sure does. And just like she wasn't really feeling it when she was on her knees, she's also not really feeling it with this baby. Oh, she's, <laughs> she doesn't look at it. No, she's pretending real yeah. hard like this is not happening. And that baby yeah. is just crying. It's so upset. Mm-hmm. It's looking at its yeah. quote unquote mother, like who has gotten up to yeah. take communion. And mm-hmm. is very upset, and she's just kind of holding it out. She's holding it like that episode of Friends where Ross uh-huh. has Rachel hold Ben, and she's kind of holds it out in front of her. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hold it like a football, and she's like, this is how I would hold a football. <laughs> exactly. And she's just holding it in front of her. Yeah, and she's like, this doesn't exist. My hands are just here uh-huh. in space, but there's nothing between them. Yeah, she is not trying to be. Uh motherly at that moment i will also point out another catholicish thing is that it that final image of her is reminiscent of like the virgin mary and child madonna and child except like just a an anti anti mary and child right you know there's just so much imagery of like you know the the doting mother with the baby jesus and also mary was a mother who conceived of a child with uh out of father yeah yeah and peggy's Baby daddy is kind of uh, a wall. So I'm just saying. So you're saying that Peggy is Uh Mary. I've caught on. Just like 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 Black Sabbath is, you know, an evil Sabbath, like a Black Mary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Only in in those terms, not in any other use. She's Mary turned upside down. Like when you turn upside down the cross. Exactly. She's upside down Mary. Okay. She's bizarro Mary. She's bizarro Mary. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And that was season two, episode two of Flight One. Do you have any other notes on this episode and thoughts and feelings and emotions? Well, my only other note was that the the in memory at the end of Christopher yes. Allport, they put yes. that up at the very end. And so then I uh-huh. Googled it immediately. Of course. And learned you that that was to. the actor who played Pete's dad. Uh-huh. But no, that I mean, it was a good app. It was a good app yeah. in starting to tie up some loose ends with Peggy. Mm-hmm. But then okay. also opening yeah. up some real big can of worms mm-hmm. that I think are going to start spewing all over the place. Oh, interesting. And before we get to things that you think are going to start spewing all right, over right, the right. place, has this episode changed the way you feel about Pete at all? Because we've been pretty hard on Pete as a sniveling worm that we hate a whole lot. I mean, no, it hasn't. Because... <laughs> <laughs> because Asked and answered. Yeah, no, like... Okay, he feels, you know, he feels some kind mm-hmm. of way that his dad has died. Yeah. But I don't see that changing his behavior. Okay. He still ends up going to this meeting with American Airlines, even though mm-hmm. he feels that it's inappropriate. Yeah, that's true. You know, but he's doing it. He kind of digs in his heels. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And he's, he even says to the American Airlines guy, something horrible happened. What does he say? I wrote mm-hmm. it down. Something horrible happened. It would be nice to make something beautiful out of it or something like that. Yeah. That's a pretty, that's a pretty bad <laughs> way to interpret your father's death. Right. Right. Like, here's something really bad. How can I make some money out of it? Or, you know, but hey, further my career. You know, he did find out that he's not getting any money out of his parents. So he didn't think he was in the will he's... anyway. That's what he says to his That's brother. True. He didn't assume he was in the will. Anyway. But his mother, too. Yeah. Yeah. If he may have inherited. from, I don't know. Listen, I still think Pete is the son of Sam. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's so nothing negated that. No. In this episode. But All right. but but I do think he's yeah. more more human. Uh-huh. Okay. Or more complex. There we There's go. There's a complexity. That's what I'm looking for. Well, but it that's doesn't mean I spot. like him. That's that's fine. Okay. That's fine. As as long as we can we see that he is changing. I didn't say that he was changing. Uh, I don't think he's changing. Well, he had a major traumatic life event. Okay, but that doesn't mean it and changes you. I mean, it man can. can't step twice into the same man can't step twice into the same river, right? He's changing. <laughs> okay. The the peats they are. Cha- I'm okay. All right. Now listen. You until you admit I Pete has changed. Feel like you're trying to set. You're trying. You're you're backsliding into some spoilies. No. You're trying to. You're trying to sneak in. Like, hey, Ashley. All right, fine. It was like Pete becomes it was like that, an environmentalist. <laughs> it was like that chip and dip where you were like, "No, there really were two of them." Ashley, don't forget, it's gonna be a major plot point. Uh huh. And you're like, "Listen, bitch, he's changed. <laughs> he's a totally different person." Yeah, I feel like we're arguing about Boston Terriers and Fresh Bulldogs. <laughs> <laughs> this means a lot. Yeah. Okay. All, All right. right. Season two, episode three. Tell me, Ashley, what you think will happen. Okay, all right. Okay, now listen. Don, Don has some kind of new fury in him for having Uh had to go back on his deal with the Mohawk guy. Mm -hmm. And he's pissed. He's pissed. He's pissed at Duck, but he's just kind of Mm -hmm. pissed at everyone now. And he's going to yeah. be fighting real hard for his character. Yeah. And his and his ego. Okay. So he's going to suffer no fools. Not that he really did okay. very often before, but a little bit. Like, he took a little bit of shit before. Mm-hmm. Those days are done. He takes no shit okay. from anybody. Hell yeah. Just in the way that he snapped at Pete when Pete came in, he's going to be doing that to everybody. Mm-hmm. He'll be like, what do you want? Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm in a bad mood. So... Instead of Peggy snapping at everyone, it's Pete. Now, no, 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 Don, not Pete. Yeah, Don. I know. Okay, I, listen. All these white guys, they look the same. <laughs> so Don is, is just snapping at everybody because he's fiercely mm-hmm. trying to protect his character and his ego. Mm-hmm. Peggy, yeah. Peggy is now pretending that more things don't exist. So, <laughs> so it uh-huh. starts with just the baby. Yeah. But now anything, anything else in her life that she even remotely uh-huh. doesn't enjoy... Mm. She just, it just doesn't exist. Brussels sprouts. Right, right. Uh, traffic Tra- jams. Right, like being stuck on the subway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she just have, has like a selective yeah. experience. Okay. Of the world. <laughs> of the world. Select, that's a great phrase. Yeah. Joan. 
uh-huh. is just, she has had it. She, I mean, she'd yes. already had it. She mm-hmm. already gave zero fucks about anybody. Yeah. But now, after this whole driver's license debacle, she's just mm-hmm. she's just going to walk through the office slapping people. Just hard across <laughs> the face. And okay. they'll be like, Joni, why? And she'll say, you know uh-huh. why. <laughs> Smack. And they'll say, you know what, Joan, you're right. I do know why. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love this. Will she be whacking anyone upside the back of their head? Sure. Yeah, okay, front good. side, back side, left or right. And in any direction. I mean, she's just walking through the office with uh-huh. her hand out. And whichever side of a face yeah. is, is, is facing her gets a wallet. Uh-huh. It's just getting a okay. wallet. So that's Joan. Perfect. That sounds very much like her. Yeah. Betty... This is going to be my last uh-huh. prediction. Well, okay, not my last, because okay. we got to talk about Pete. But but Betty, before we get to Pete, Betty now has so much anger in her that she can't mm-hmm. fully release. Yeah. That she just starts a, a low-grade hum. Like, not in her, <laughs> <laughs> not in her voice. It's just her, uh-huh. her actual body makes, like, a humming noise and a slight, uh-huh. like, a slight quiver. Like, back at the beginning when her hands would go funny, right? It's kind of like yes. that. But, but it's just her whole body kind of shakes. Yeah. And maybe there's a little bit of steam rising off as well. Oh, yes. Yeah, it's like a, I love Yeah, this. it's like a radiator. She's like, she be, she starts to become a radiator. Okay. All right. Yeah. She starts to become a radiator. She just has so I wonder, much anger. Uh, that HVAC guy might come back. Oh, and, you know, we'll see to yeah. service her machinery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, and okay. finally, Pete. Now he's gonna start playing the dad card, the dead dad card everywhere. Yes. So he goes to the deli, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Sorry, bud, we're out of pastrami." And he's like, "My fucking dad was on that plane," and they're like, "Shit!" Right. And they go out and they murder a cow. And they uh-huh. butcher it, and they spice it, and they smoke it, and all the things. <laughs> right there, like, fuck, his dad was on that plane, uh-huh. you know. And and he's out at the bar, and and a cute girl walks by, and is like, "Hey, lady, give me a number." And she's like, "No." And he's yeah. like, "My dad was on that plane," and she just <laughs> she just immediately drops her panties, just right there okay. in the bar, and is like, "Let's go." I understand. So he's just yes. gonna start using that dead dad card, yeah, everywhere. As a weapon. As a weapon. As a weapon. Yeah. To get to, as a form of manipulation, to get what he wants, to get him. Listen, this is furthering his road to Son of Sam. Mm -hmm. That's true. It's undeniable. Yeah. Any, any lingo for episode three? All right. Uh, The lingo, I want to make it more broad because I was getting really specific Really and I was were. coming yeah. up empty. It was coming up short every yeah. time. It used to just be like a word, but then it turned into entire phrase scripted scenes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I think the lingo will be pedal pushers. Uh-huh. Okay. Pedal pushers. Somebody's going to talk pedal about wearing pedal pushers. pushers. Right. And now I will I also call it a win if I just see someone wearing pedal pushers. Okay. That's... Fair. Wearing PP is a win. All right. <laughs> well, thank you. You're this welcome. has been another fantastic episode of Mad it Women. Has. Talking about a fantastic episode of Mad Men. Check out our socials for photographs that 
of things that were referred to yes. in this episode. Kate, you do a fabulous and job maintaining those socials. Thank you. Yes. I enjoy it. We're at Rad Mad Women everywhere, as you'll hear. And, you know, <laughs> like, comment, and subscribe. Oh. And share with all your friends. My mom finally figured out where to find our podcast. So, you know what? Oh, my God. We're in hot with the 16 yeah. older crowd. Oh, yeah. I uh, I have a conversation with my dad every Wednesday about <laughs> Tuesday's episode. And honestly, it's a delight. I love I it. I enjoy it. I love it. My mom, my mom just finished the entire series. And she is yeah. desperate to give me spoilies. <laughs> so we need to start pumping yeah. these out so she can tell me. Because she's like, girl. She didn't say it like that, it's, but that's what she meant. This podcast is a race against Ashley's mom spoiling, spoiling the whole series everything. for everything. So. <laughs> All right. So as we say at the end of every episode, merry mad men to all all, and and to all all a good good night. night. Nailed it. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Mad Women. Mad Women is engineered by Ashley Davis, music by Kate E. Britt, and graphics by Dylan Anderson. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RadMadWomen. Been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.